Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 5. This is Writing Excuses, Villain, Antagonist, Obstacle. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. And I'm in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is a parallel to last month's episode where we talked about hero, protagonist, main character. We're going to talk about villains, but also antagonists, but also obstacles. What are the difference between these things? So, So imagine kind of the classic... Uh, movie plot about the kid who wants to do something artistic, okay? He's going to play violin in a concert. Maybe what is stopping him is a traffic jam and he can't get there. That's an obstacle. Maybe what's stopping him is his dad who really wants him to play football. He's an antagonist. Maybe what's stopping him is a psychopath trying to murder him. That's a villain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that actually uh, obstacles can be people. They don't have to they be. They can be, yeah. yes. Um, and and I would argue, so for me, the difference between an antagonist and an obstruction or an obstacle um, is that an antagonist is actively working against the uh, the goals of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. They're an active opposition, whereas an obstacle or an obstruction um, is something that the and the protagonist has to overcome but doesn't necessarily change the direction of the story. Mm-hmm. It is not necessarily something that is intrinsically part of the story. Um, so, In Dan's example, you could say even, I want to get first chair in the symphony, right? I want to play the piano. An antagonist can just be another good violinist who is go- yeah. working for that same goal. That's not a villain. Um, now, if when that person takes your violin and smashes it, then they have become a villain right. instead of just an antagonist. And an obstacle can simply be, I don't play violin well enough. Well, yeah. An um, obstacle, if you want to look at the obstacle as a person, uh, kid wants to learn to play violin, or kid wants to, you know, take first chair, um, and mom falls ill. And mom is not actively doing anything to work against him. She's not an antagonist. She's certainly not a villain. But her, him needing to care for her is in the way of what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that can create, I mean, that obstacle that I've just thrown down, I want to cry because <laughs> this kid has a huge obstacle in front of him and solving that problem is going to take resources that he or she might not have any access to. And you guys really nailed this one really fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done. That's hey, because I'm evil. Hey, three minutes long is uh, come up with a reason he can't play violin that we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> we also spend a lot of time thinking about villains, antagonists, and and obstructions, because when you're building the story, if those are not structured well, 
it affects your main character and and the reader's enjoyment of the story. You have to have one that is well crafted and serving the the purpose that you want. Like in my Jane Austen with with magic stuff, I don't need a villain, you know. And it's it, sometimes I don't actually even need an antagonist. I need a lot of obstacles and obstructions, but there doesn't necessarily need to be someone who's like sitting there going, I shall prevent her from being married. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth pointing out here, and I, I think it, uh, I, I think we should, is that when we're talking about obstacle in this context, uh, we're talking about the more personal sort of thing rather than the person versus nature story, yeah. which I think we're going to cover in a couple of weeks. We'll cover next yeah. week. Oh, just um, next week. Yeah. Next week. Okay. Well, and and I think one of the other things that I, I want to draw a line between is that, and this is uh, this is something that I picked up from from Margaret Dunlop when she was talking about the difference between a conflict and an obstacle, um, is that you know a conflict will will cause the story to change, and an obstacle is just something that stands in the, the main character's path. And I think that that's one of the things with an antagonist for, and, or an obstruction is that you can have someone like you can have the traffic cop that won't let you through. And that's an obstacle. That's a, that's a person, that's an obstacle, but they are not changing the, the shape of the story. An antagonist is a driver, and an obstacle is not. An obstacle is just something that's in the way. An antagonist is driving the story, is one of the drivers. So in your stories where you've decided not to use a villain or even antagonist, what did you gain? Why did you make that decision? Um, it was so... One of the things that for me, uh, you know, I was I was writing a pastiche. So that was part of what was going on for me was w- one of the reasons that I chose to do that. But the reason that I have done that in some other things is that it focuses the energy of the story on the main character. Um, it causes them to be um, weirdly much more proactive because there isn't anyone else driving the story. A lot of times when you have an antagonist, they can wind up uh, driving the story um, and causing the main character to be entirely reactive. So a lot of times the reason that an obstacle is is more useful is if you're doing a story that has somewhat lower stakes um, in terms of, you know, it's not the world is ending, uh, if you if you want to do a more intimate story, it's much easier to do a more intimate, quieter story without and, and have your protagonist be active if you are not dealing with someone else who's You're still also in focus. more likely in that circumstance, I say more likely, it's going to be potentially a lot easier for you to generate a sympathetic protagonist working against this obstacle because you've got something that's more likely to be the sort of thing that we all face. Yeah, I mean, most of the time we don't actually in real life face antagonists. I have. There is, you know, I there there are people. There are people. Um, they're really, generally terrible people. Um, but but an antagonist is someone who is, I think, actively working against the interests of the protagonist. Um, and then a villain, I think, uh, is someone who has has an agenda. That they are going to, you know, it's. I, I I would put the definitions for me mm. that a villain is actively evil and yeah. an antagonist isn't always. Yeah, um, yeah. That mm-hmm. someone can be working against you and not be evil. Yeah, uh, and have good motivations or good motives. Um, Dan, you're really good at villains. Yeah, you're good at villains who are also really evil. 
but also very sympathetic at the same time, which is something you don't see very often. Uh, how do you do it? Why do you do it? And how do you make a good villain? I don't know. Um, <laughs> they just come so naturally. Why just <laughs> this podcast then? It just is, it, it's easy. Um, I just have them do what I would do. It's, it's just like writing a sociopathic point of view. Everyone can do that, right? Um, villains, the way that I plan all of my villains, and in fact, the, the John Cleaver books in particular, which is what I suspect you're, you're thinking of when you ask the question, um, all of those books are designed as much around the villain as they are around the protagonist, as they are around John. Um, I have to know what John is going to do. In fact, when I sit down to plot out a new book, it's the two questions are, how is John going to change? And what does the villain want? And how can those two relate to each other? And they have to find a way, at least for me, they have to find a way to relate to each other. Um, or else there, there's no point to it. But, you know... You touched on something earlier before we started recording called the DC syndrome. Yes. Where the villain will overpower the story because he or she is so much cooler than the main character is. And I, maybe this says a lot about me, but I have found that if I aim for that and then make sure to give the hero something good to do anyway, that the balance comes out pretty good. You're going to try to make, you know, a story where the villain is more interesting than the main character and then force your main character to catch up. Yes. Okay, fascinating. Which works really well with John Cleaver because he is already, you know, I know him really well. I I think this is a structure that works also, it's not just with John Cleaver, but also your books are structured as suspense thrillers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're billed as horror, but they're structured as suspense thrillers. And in suspense thrillers, one of the things that is happening structurally is that your main character is always a step behind. And that that rush to try to 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 catch up and to avoid being uh, being overtaken is part of what is driving those. That's part of the energy. Whereas other structural formats, I don't think that that works so well. Like having having a full-on villain and a murder mystery. Yeah, that's the one I was just thinking of while you were talking. Does not work as well. Yeah, because then it would, a lot of the mystery would disappear. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the villain you, is so overwhelming. And if you, if you want to build a structure like that, yeah, you've got a villain in a murder mystery. The murder mystery is act one, and the discovery that you are up against a supervillain is what carries you into act act two and act three. Yeah. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's stop for our book of the week. Dan, you have a book coming out this month. Yay. Okay, my new book is called Active Memory. It is the third book in the Mirador series, which is young adult cyberpunk. Um, It is a... Uh, speaking of murder mysteries, it is a cyberpunk murder mystery ghost story set in the year 2050 in Los Angeles when everyone has a computer installed in their brain. And it's awesome. (laughs) If you've read the other Mirador books, this is far and away the best one. Uh, This answers a lot of the questions that have been brewing throughout the series. Um, And I have loved the Mirador books. Great. Thank you very much. Um, Also, this one has... Appropriately, the best villain of the so, three. The best villain of the three. I'm glad easily. that you escalate. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty much the only way to go. When is it out? It comes out this month. Yeah, you're not sure. I when. don't know the day. <laughs> We're recording this at a time. This is the third week, which means it's probably out by now. No, this is the first week. This is the first week? Yeah. It's not out yet. <laughs> but it will be out very It'll be shortly. out like next week. All right. We talked about the DC syndrome. Uh, let's yes. talk about the Marvel syndrome. Uh, Marvel, specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe Syndrome, where the villains are all interchangeable mm-hmm. and basically boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you avoid making your villain of your story into that? Just bad guy who shows up at the end to have a, have a fist fight with the main character end. You know, all of their villains just want to take over the world. Mm. Um, and world domination is kind of... Kind of boring. Kind of boring. Yeah, it's really yeah, boring. The, the driving, the driving evil of the MCU is collect the Infinity Stones and rule the universe, and everybody wants a piece of that. And yeah, every time a villain does that, we kind of know what it is that they're up to, and we've seen it before. The thing that I like about what the MCU does, um, and I think the Avengers is a great example of this. And it's why knowing your antagonist and your villain and your obstacle character is so important is that in a superhero film, one of the goals is for the viewer, you want, the viewer wants to see everybody fight everybody else. You want to see Hulk (laughs) fight Thor. You want to see Iron Man fight Captain America. And so when you look at the way these stories are built, if Iron Man is going to fight Cap in the Avengers, it's got to be because they're having a personal disagreement and it's sort of an obstacle. If we want to have Hulk fight Thor, well, Hulk is an obstacle. Every time he hulks out, somebody's got to fight him and put him back in his banner. And so the structure of these, it's fascinating to look at because our villain in the Avengers, Loki, yes, he's a lot like all of the other villains, but he is not the one who is driving 
all of these fights. Well, well and he's the best of the MCU because he has a personal connection to the main characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he he's relatable. So it kind of talks about taking all that stuff we talked about last month and stuffing it into the villain shell is why Loki works. Well, and I think it's about making sure that they have a specific goal. Um, and that's one of the, the things with Loki. He is doing these things for very specific reasons. We never know why anybody else wants to take over the universe. It's, for me, also <laughs> the same reason why in the Star Wars universe, Darth Vader is a really interesting villain. And Emperor Palpatine, eh. Yeah. You know, I don't care about them overcoming Emperor Palpatine. He will come and spooky, spooky lightning. But... But you know <laughs> that's the official term on the on the wiki. Yeah, spooky lightning. I'm, I'm sure that's like the spell you can cast yes, in yes. the role playing game. I want to step in very quickly uh-huh. and point out that we are all bagging on what is at the end of the day a profoundly successful formula. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that the that Marvel does very well with its kind of milk toast villains is that it allows them to focus on the heroes in a different way. And you get to know them really well and you get to see them a lot. And so... Yeah, it's hard and, and to I, I, think, I think there's something to be said about the, the DC version as well, where the Joker is so much cooler than Batman is. Um, both of them can work if that's what you're going for. Let me ask, to kind of wrap this up, let's take it away from villains and two antagonists. Uh, why might you want to ride an antagonist who's not evil? What do you gain? Any suggestions on riding somebody who is... An antagonist, a serious antagonist, but not an evil person. So I have um, one of the things for me is again, it's a it's about scaling. Um, you know, if you have people with superpowers, then you know, the the boss who just won't let them use the copier is that's you know, that's a story, but <laughs> it's they're very different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things is uh, it it affects the the scale of the story that you're telling. The other thing I think is that um, one of the things we we talk about some in previous uh, seasons is looking at an issue from multiple sides. And having a character who is an antagonist allows you to express a different viewpoint about an issue that you want to explore, whether it's, you know, an, an issue from or if it's just a topic or a theme because you're dealing with someone who then has clearly defined goals that are in direct opposition to the main character's goals. So that's that, for me, is one of the things that an antagonist can bring to the table. One of my favorite things to see in a protagonist, or a, and it's usually a protagonist, is the discovery that the antagonist isn't evil. And the protagonist has to decide this thing that we both want, and I want it more or they want it, there is no good or evil here. And if I change, maybe I don't get what I want. And maybe the antagonist does and they change. Or maybe I become the antagonist by finally realizing my dark powers and putting them down. Yeah, the uh, this allows you to do a lot of nuanced stuff, in particular with the emotions that you are making your audience feel. You know, if you've got... Going back to the example at the beginning where there's the two people that both want to be first chair violin, um, you can make one of them look like a villain, make one of them grotesquely wealthy. And so she's had way more, uh, you know, better teachers and longer time and all these other advantages. But that doesn't mean that she's a bad person, you know. And so no matter who wins and who loses at the end, 
you're going to be happy and you're also going to be sad at the same time. And that's a valuable reaction to produce in your audience. Mary, you had some homework for us. Yes. So uh, last month, and when we were talking about hero protagonist main character, uh, we had you tell a story where you broke the hero, the protagonist, and the main character apart and told it from different viewpoints. What we want you to do this time is you only have one main character, but they're facing three different types of problems. Uh, Same scene. One time you're going to write it where they're just facing an obstacle or an obstruction. The next time you write it, reset everything to zero, and now they're facing an antagonist. And then you do it again, and they're facing a villain. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.